Did you know that you can use remote workers from around the world to help you grow your online business? Like Jim always says, the goal in running your business is to be doing only the things that only you can do while still making a great profit. You can free up your time and better serve your customers that way. Learning to hire outsource workers could be the next step in your growth. Let's talk about it. Here's the host of Silent Sales Machine Radio, Jim Cockrum. Hey, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim. Always a pleasure to be here behind the Silent Sales Machine microphone. And today I've got an incredible guest with us because he's going to help you grow your business without you doing all the work. His name's Nathan Hirsch. He's with freeup.com. That's three E's in there for those of you doing a spell check. And it's a really cool service where he provides outsource workers to help you grow your business, automate your processes and have other people doing this stuff. Because remember, I like to say around here all the time, Ultimately, the goal is for you to be doing only the stuff that only you can do. Specialization, right? We talk about that all the time. So why not let other people who love changing fonts on websites do that stuff for you? And the good news is it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. We live in a global economy. You can find people all over the world with incredible talents. And Nathan's one of these guys who knows how all that stuff works. He's got a company that can hook you up with great workers. So, hey, thanks for joining us today, Nathan. Welcome to the show. Jim, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure, man. Pleasure. Let's educate the listeners a little bit on some of the things you've learned about outsourcing. Maybe dig into how did you get into this? I know you have kind of an interesting story where you got things going along these lines a while back. Fill us in on and who Nathan is. We're going to drop some some specific tips on the listeners today just after that. Definitely. So I started off as a broke college kid. I was 20 years old and looking for some extra beer money. And I started realizing that the college bookstore was ripping me off. I was buying books for hundreds of dollars. And at the end of the year, um, I would sell it back for pennies on the dollar. And so I thought there was a better way and that I could capitalize on, on that because a lot of students were angry. So I started buying people's textbooks and then reselling them to different bookstores and making a margin on that. And before I knew it, I had lines out the door of my dorm room, people lining up to sell me their books. And it was a great little side business in college. And what I quickly realized with was, although I could make a lot of money on books, I didn't really want to drag along books all day. So I was looking for another way. And that led me to Amazon because you don't sell books without learning about Amazon. And at the time, Amazon was more of a bookstore. They were just getting into other things. And now when there's hundreds of people on every listing, back then it was just me and a few other people. So I started experimenting with dropshipping. And it's funny, I didn't actually know that it was called dropshipping until years later. I just had the idea that I didn't want to carry around product. I wanted to sell something I didn't have that someone else had inventory for. And then I, they would ship it to my customer. So I set up a dropshipping business on Amazon and it really blew up. I was buying from retailers, vendors, distributors, and all that. And before I knew it, I was running that huge business out of my college dorm room. And I was running out of hours in the day. I was in a fraternity. I had a girlfriend. I was running this business. I was trying to get good grades in school. And so I started hiring people. And I hired my first employee before I could legally drink. One of my first hires was a man named Connor Gillivan, who is still my business partner eight years later. And he was a really good hire. And I continued to hire all throughout college to when I graduated, I ended up moving to Orlando, Florida, becoming an entrepreneur full time. And I opened up an office and hired full time employees. And what I quickly realized is when I was paying people 40, 50, 60, $70,000 a year, 
it wasn't that efficient. The cost of the office, the overhead wasn't worth it. Um, I wasn't getting as much out of them as I had from previous remote workers. And that's one of the beauties of dropshipping is it can be all remote. And a buddy of mine that was on my softball team told me about Upwork, which was Odesk at the time. And I, as soon as I learned about it, I became determined to build this Odesk army. And so all my full-time employees got numerous assistance to do all the data entry and different tasks that was just wasting their time. And it allowed the business to expand at a rapid level because they were only focused on expansion and not day-to-day stuff. So that kind of led me to getting rid of the office, which is actually one of my worst business decisions or getting the office was one of my worst business decisions. And my business went entirely remote and I had a lot of success doing that. So it, it got me the idea to start another company to help other businesses doing the same thing, because I realized that although hiring people was great and it expanded my company, it takes up a lot of time to post jobs, interview people, any type of turnover and retraining. It's just a mess. So I created free up to really shake up the hiring market and create a more fast and efficient way. I love it, man. It sounds like you've told that story before. <laughs> I've done a few podcasts, yes. Nailed it, dude. That's awesome. What a great story. So I love how you just kind of naturally drifted into these common sense decision points that, you know, any business school out there, you know, they're still talking about to grow a business means hiring employees and having a building and a business plan. And like, no, the way the world of business works now is, you know, just fly full speed ahead and do what works. You know, the part of the beauty of this outsource model is people only get paid when they produce results and you don't have this whole hiring and firing and, you know, we got to put a hundred thousand dollars into an employee before we hopefully someday see a return on our investment. It doesn't work that way. It's like you hire the right person, you bring them in within a week, everyone knows if it's working out or not. And it's this contract relationship. I've got a team of about a hundred people at this point. If you added them all up, I have two employees, so I totally get this model, and I love it. You mentioned real quick um, Upwork, and uh, what was the other freelance site, Upwork? And it used to be it called – It used to be called Odesk, Odesk. and then there's like That's freelancer.com it. and a bunch of other ones. Right. There's so many of them. You know, but I know you have a specialty. Like, There's lots of places you can go and find outsource workers now from all over the world. You know, So you do have competitors, but I like that you've kind of specialized down. You're serving this online entrepreneur, Amazon seller space. I mean, like you've really niched into that. So let's talk about that a little bit. Definitely. And so one thing to keep in mind is we're not an outsourcing company. We have both U.S. and non-U.S. workers. We're about 40% Philippines, 40% U.S. and 20% scattered. But a lot of people, when they think of hiring remote, they do think of outsourcing. And if you just think of it logically, if you hire only in-person staff, you're so limited. Not only are you limited in the talent that's in your town or around you, but you're also competing with all the businesses around you for that talent. But if you open yourself up to all the people in the U.S. or all the people in the world, you just get access to so much talent that you would just never otherwise get access to. So the internet's really changed hiring in that sense. And yes, FreeUp is more focused on e-commerce, although we have plenty of non-e-commerce clients. But we're really looking for people that have years of e-commerce experience, people who have been in the industry. We're definitely not a marketplace for newbies that want to help other e-commerce businesses grow. And what people don't realize is just, just like you and I hate the hiring process, it's frustrating, it's long. Workers don't like it either. Right. They don't want to go through long exactly. interviews. Um, they want a better way. And at the end of the day, they just want a good, stable client. They want to produce. They want to be responsible for what they do. And they want to be respected and, they, and treated well. And both people want the same thing. But for whatever reason, the market hasn't adjusted to allow that to happen. 
Yeah, I love it. You know, that's we're appealing really to two people right now because I know typically when you think outsource worker, we're thinking, oh, we're going to pay someone five to nine dollars per hour. They live in the Philippines. Well, you know, you pay up to what did you say, fifty an hour for some of these positions? You know, there might be people who are talented right here in the United States or anywhere in the world for that matter with a specific skill set that's in demand, and they're thinking, well, I'd like to have more clients using me to build their websites or their mobile sites or you know whatever it is. They can come to you too and throw their hat in the ring, right? Right? And say, hey, I'm here to be hired out. So there's two people you're recruiting at any given time, those who need workers and those who can do the work. Is that correct? Correct. And a lot of people, they'll request someone from the Philippines or whatever it is, and they're used to paying a dollar to an hour. And that's not what I offer. We have people with market rates, and it's still usually below US, but I would put their skill set against anyone in the US. So a lot of times people get so caught up in saving money and lowballing workers, right. they don't realize that there's a lot more value in just paying people what they're worth and, and keeping them around. Because even if, if someone comes to you and they're like, hey, I cost 10 bucks an hour, and you're like, no, I'll pay you five. Maybe at that point they're desperate for a job, but the second someone else offers them 10, they're out the door and the cost cost of turnover and the cost of training outweighs all the money that you saved right there. So a lot of times it's not worth it. Absolutely. You know, no matter what price someone puts like on an Odesk site, I've used them a lot. I've hired a lot of outsourced workers, but no matter what price they put, if they're good, I'm going to be paying them well more than what they asked for because I know that was them saying, hey, market, someone noticed me. I'm not that expensive. And I come in and they're good. Dude, instantly double their hourly rate because if they know what they're doing, it's not about saving a few dollars an hour. It's about finding the right person. And that's, yeah, you can't put a price on that. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Pay your people well, regardless of where they live. But I mean, it's just a fact of the world we live in that a dollar in the United States doesn't go near as far as a dollar in some countries. You know, it's a $20 bill in some places. And so, you know, keeping those local factors in mind, it's just, you can find less expensive, more talented people in other countries quite often. So, you know, but that's, that's an interesting, fun debate you can have, but yes, absolutely pay your people. Well, you don't want them out searching constantly for an alternative. Agreed. I mean, a lot of people just look over that. And then there's the whole aspect of just treating people well, which goes well beyond money. I mean, if you find someone that is contributing positively to your your business, do everything possible to keep them around. Yes. People are hard to replace. They are. Yeah. That's the toughest asset. Actually, you can replace stuff, but people, man, it's vital. My team is vital to my whole operation. And even though none of them are employees, that's just a whole mind. I think you and I easily drift into conversations on these topics, but there's people listening right now. They've never even considered the possibility of having a business with five, 10, 20, a hundred employees are workers and none of them are actually employed by you. They do the work you tell them to do. And when they do it, they get paid. Uh, it's a beautiful model. Well, let's talk a little bit about the lessons, the, uh, just the big picture tips that you might have for someone that's thinking for the first time, okay, I'd love to be able to outsource my business. Is there a button I can push where I just say, okay, you guys go make me money. You know, it's, it's not that simple. Uh, you know, take me through, we talked about some bullet points before, like, you know, what process is involved there? For who needs these workers and what's it look like to hire the right ones? How do you know when you're positioned and ready to do this? 
Sure. So the biggest tip and really the biggest mistake that people make when they're hiring is not diversifying right from the start. Everyone wants to have that one manager who just runs everything for them so they can just take a step back and leave their company when that's actually a terrible idea. If you own a bakery or any business and you hire someone to be your your bookkeeper, the person to do the baking, to handle the cash register, and then and you train them and they're doing everything for you and then one day they get pregnant or they get sick or they, God forbid, they quit you have to hire someone and retrain them on everything. So the first tip is when you're hiring, really diversify and specialize different tasks so that no one is replaceable. And it's a it's a quick thing to keep in mind when you hire that will save you so much time down the line. The second thing to keep in mind is to focus a lot on communication. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care if you're the best worker in the world. If you can't communicate with me, it's never going to work out. So really make sure that you have strong communication up front. Make sure that your policies are laid out. Who do they contact for what? What kind of reports? What kind of updates are you expecting? Do they speak the same language as you? Make sure you know that when you're interviewing so that there's no surprises, no gray areas down the line. So bad communication is the number one source of frustration for people once they've actually started working with someone. My third tip is to set goals and expectations. I can promise you that if you don't know what you want or what you're trying to achieve, they don't either. And as a team, and the best way to build team chemistry is to share those as a group. Let people know if you're having a good week, if you're having a bad week, if sales are going up or down, it, what projects are getting done, what other people on your team are working on. And when something gets complete or something goes well or an e-commerce, when you end a busy season, give them a reason to celebrate, reward them, really add to that team dynamic. And a a lot of people who don't do that, they have 10 different contractors that all do separate things. No one has any idea how what they're doing impacts the company or what other projects are going on or whether the company's doing good or bad. And tip number four is before you hire, and this is more for people who haven't hired before, more who are thinking about hiring for the first time, make sure your systems and processes are in place. If you don't know how to do something, make sure you hire an expert that can come in and create those systems for you if it's something you can't do. If you're hiring a lower level worker to come in and list your products on eBay, you should have a listing process because the way that you do something is going to be different than the way another client does something, even if it falls in the same bubble. So those are really my four tips to people that are hiring. And the biggest mistake that I see because, I mean, I deal with 500 plus clients that are all hiring and managing workers. And and I try to chime in with my feedback and give advice whenever I can. That's beautiful. So the cultural differences, that's something else that we talked about, you know, like with the Philippines, there's some interesting things there. We're not going to solve all the mysteries here and it's not complex, but it is something to keep in mind when you start working with people from around the world. So what are some tips you'd give us there? (laughs) Watch what you say. Tone means everything. And this is something that I tell my clients a lot of time because they'll send out these emails that that are kind of harsh and they they don't necessarily mean by it. And 99% of the time they are good people, but the way you say things can get interpreted in a lot of different ways. And even myself, I mean, when I started working with Filipinos for the first time, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was younger. I was dealing with someone international for one of the first times in my life. And so when I was talking to these Filipino women, I'm a very straight shooter. I'm a logical person. I say it how it is. I expect results and all that. But I didn't realize that it was almost offensive and it was almost like talking down on them, even though that wasn't my intention. So one thing that I did was I got feedback from them. I talked to my team. I was like, listen, like, what do you like? What do you not like? Tell me what I'm doing wrong. How can I get the most out of other people that I hire? And they they pretty much straight up told me, it was like, you can't talk to us like that. Like, this is how you need to phrase things. This is how you have to do things differently. 
And it really helped me adjust over the years to really show more respect and just watch my words before I say them or before I send an email out. And that's a lot of times where clients will send an email out and they'll CC me to try to get the point. And I'll almost like send them email back being like, hey, have you thought about phrasing it this way? Because at the end of the day, yes, sometimes, not me personally, but I feel like sometimes it makes you feel good to like almost yell at someone if something goes wrong. And that's not a really good approach. The goal of the problem is to solve it. And the goal of your company is to expand it. So talking down on someone doesn't accomplish that. The way you tone your email, if you can tone it in a nice, respectful way that re-motivates someone or sends them in a different direction, it not only is it just better personality-wise, but it's also just better business-wise. You're going to get more out of it. Yeah, ultimately, this you know, business is built on relationships, and if you're not building good, genuine relationships with folks, and that requires communicating beyond just email. Yeah, so I would encourage you, whenever possible, one of the things I do before I'll hire anyone, and this will lead into the point I'm making, is I like to make a little video, a screen capture video, maybe that says, "Hey, here's the work you'll be doing." Here's what it looks like, and I'll describe one of the processes that they might be doing early on for me when they start working, and then I'll leave a couple test questions in there for them like, hey, let me know what you think of this. Like, what would you do in this situation? You know, you've got a couple options here. So in the response then, I know, one, they understand English, they understand the way I speak, and I've actually even asked them to make me a video often. So I know, hey, am I capable of talking with this person? Because if all you have is the nonverbal communication stuff with people who work for you, it can be kind of tricky. So if they make you a video, I mean, screen capture video is inexpensive. I use Snagit. I love it. S-N-A-G-I-T, Snagit. Use it every day with my team and they use it with me because a picture says, you know, you can put a thousand words in a picture and you can put 10,000 words in a short little video that just shows and describes what you're talking about. So if you have this ability to verbally communicate, at least on an occasion, I would encourage you to do so. Because again, these are relationships that you're building. These are real people. And there's some cultural differences that, you know, we as Americans, we're fine being very blunt and, and brief in an email. That's what we want, right? But in some cultures that can be insulting. So you kind of need to know what you're, uh, what you're doing with that. It, do you help your customers navigate through those kinds of things? Do you invite them to, you know, help CC you, you mentioned on an email perhaps that, that goes out to a worker, maybe a new worker, like how involved do you get in that part of the process? Yeah. So, I mean, what we try to do is we are a marketplace more than we are an agency. We're, we're an organized marketplace. So when we introduce a worker to a client, we're expecting that they're going to deal directly with that client and handle it at a high level. But we're always there as a backup because I'm sure you've had Filipino workers like disappear or someone loses power or whatever it is. They always have someone to go to and we have their contact number, emergency contact and all that. And we also have strong communication policies. So our workers are required to respond within 24 hours and different things like that. So the clients always have a fallback. They can always CCS. They have my assistant Skype info and they can message them. But we do want to teach them and preach better practices. And you mentioned those screen sharing softwares. A lot of people will do those one-on-one trainings with no training doc and no video. And it's a huge waste of time. And it just leads you to, at the end of training, if it's not the right fit, or if that person quits, then you just have to do it again, rather than just having a video that saves you 75% of the time. So I'm like you. When a client asks me, how should I train a worker? I'm like, start with the training doc and outline, have a video. And then at the end, if you have to do that one-on-one to answer any questions or get them going, 
that's fine. But I agree. There's a lot of like tips like that to save them time. And we want to be as involved as the clients want us to be. We have some clients who have hired a million times and they just want a quick way to get access to talent. We have other clients that are maybe newer and, and they do want that feedback and advice. That's great, man. You guys have been doing this enough. I mean, you said about 500 clients at this point. That's a cool number to know. It's enough to know that you guys are developing some expertise. So I'm curious, and I could guess at this, but what are some of the most common things that you find people hiring outsource workers for? Like what tasks are these workers doing? Some of the most common things they're doing, especially specifically keeping in mind a lot of our listeners are Amazon sellers, online business builders of some sort. You know, what are some of those common tasks that and, and I know every time I've ever hired anybody, if it's the right person, you instantly think, why didn't I do that three years ago? I should have brought that person in so long ago. I'll hit this while you're thinking about your answer to that question. Brett and I actually recorded an episode. We'll stick it in the show notes. It was about building your team. We dive deep into some of these areas. Uh, like, for example, Nathan, we said the first person you hire should be someone that's helping you make money, not just someone who's taking some tasks that you find inconvenient. You know, Because when you're first doing your business, you are going to have to do a lot of stuff you don't like doing. That's just kind of how it is. But the first people you hire, you want them to be making money. So my my guess at your answer might be, you know, find someone that you can teach to get online and source product profitably using your system, your standards. Teach them to get out there and go find something, hunt it down, kill it, drag it back to the cave. I mean, those are the first hires you should grab. But but what are some of the things you're seeing people hire for and where should they start when they start hiring? Definitely. So I recommend making a list of the things you do on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis and putting them in order from easiest to hardest and really chipping away at the bottom of the list. To me, it's any kind of data entry work that's more specific to your business. It could be going through Excel sheets looking for products. The next step above that would be like customer service. And a lot of people that are doing private label or listing a lot of products, finding people that specialize in listing and listing optimization and keywords. And a new common trend is the PPC campaigns. I mean, we do that for lots of our clients. You have someone with 10 years of experience. It's really not worth your time to go and learn how to be a PPC guru, which can take months and even years when you can hire someone for 30 to $50 an hour to do that and do it at a high level and not waste all that money on advertising in that trial and error period. So the common things, yes, we do have the people that source products. We do a lot of customer care work for people because if you're still doing customer care, when you're deep into growing your business, that's not a good recipe for success. But we also do those advanced things that you just don't have time for. Beautiful. And for those who don't know what PPC is, pay-per-click, right? Yep. So you, do you do that up for uh, Amazon sellers as well, the paid advertising, managing those accounts? you have people to handle that? Yep. And Google. I mean, we do a lot of high-level stuff on different marketplaces from building Shopify stores to Google AdWords to Facebook ads. I mean, there really isn't that much that we don't do besides very technical programming stuff that we're almost getting into now. Um, But recruiting and keeping developers that have strong communication is a whole nother animal. I love it. I I love the concept. I think one of the most powerful things, if someone who's never been exposed to the idea of outsource workers or just basically outsourcing tasks from your desk, you don't have to call it outsourcing. Some people think outsourcing is a bad word. I'm sure you've run into that before. Like, oh, outsourcing, that's what's wrong with America. No, just think of it as hiring people without the bias of caring where they happen to live. Okay. Hiring the best person for the job. And you're not first saying, oh, wait, 
you don't live within eight miles of my house, so I can't hire you. No, they could live 1,500 miles from your house. If they're the best person for the job, hire them, right? So the lesson that I think will be most powerful for people who've never been exposed to thinking this way is just think for a moment of the possibilities that are now available to us. No matter what your business needs, there's someone out there who can do those jobs better, faster, cheaper than you can. So we live in, in an era where the skilled workers are all over the place and you can very easily bring them in as you need them to build something special. I read an article, Nathan, just a couple of days ago saying the whole concept of having a job is kind of dying. You know, there's fewer and fewer quote unquote jobs. So that old model of go to school, get good grades, go to college, the best one you can get into, get as good a grade as you can, and then go get a good job. You know, that model is breaking. It's self-destructing. The model that's working is serve an audience well and build a team of people around you that can help you get better and better at that and expand on that. There's no jobs involved. It's just people doing tasks that they're good at. And you guys are enabling the right people to connect, which is why I love what you're all about. Yeah, it's funny because if you think of these freelancers and contractors, they, they really are just mini businesses that are growing. They work for numerous people. Sometimes they have their own bookkeeper and their own assistants. I have a lot of consultants on my team that are both workers and clients, and they have their own team. We don't let our workers outsource their work without the client's permission, but they might give the work out to their assistants for outside clients and really build a team to get rid of their minute tasks and stuff like that. So it really is changing where the employee almost becomes a, a worker in a mini business inside the business. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I read an article, you, I don't know, you probably heard it or seen this story and this really kind of captures the mentality well. There was a programmer here in the US where, you know, a good programmer makes what, sixty, seventy dollars an hour at a corporation, you know, like some big, you know, company that hires 150 programmers. And he's making a sixty, seventy dollars an hour. But he found some great outsource workers who were willing to do his stuff very well, better than he could actually, for ten or twelve dollars an hour. So he hired a team of workers to make him look like an all-star. So here he is collecting his 70 bucks an hour, paying three or four other guys 10, 12 bucks an hour that were just phenomenal, better than he was. He looked like a rock star. He kept getting raises and promotions till the company found out. <laughs> and here's where the rubber meets the road. The company fired him. And I'm thinking, no, I put that guy in charge of my programming department. If it's me, if it's my company, right? Because I'm all about providing the best possible value to our clients, which means keeping costs as low as possible while doing the entire process with excellence. And if I can find people willing to do the work at a lower price, you know, I know we get into the, the theory of, well, should we keep it all in the United States or not? I think we live in a global economy and to try to live and operate in denial of that is going to cost you dearly. I don't look at where my customers are from when they buy something from me, and I don't look at where my partners are from when they come to work with me. It's an international business opportunity now, especially online. It's just a mindset. So do you run into many of those challenges and issues? Do you have any, anyone ever give you a hard time, for example, that, oh, outsourcing is evil. You shouldn't be doing any outsourcing. Do you ever run into that? 
I had someone call me out on Facebook the other day saying that I was disrupting the Filipino market and that it was somehow bad that I was offering to pay workers more than a dollar or two an hour. And I pretty much told them that I'm happy to disrupt that market. If someone's talented, if someone has spent five to 10 years perfecting their craft, if they can do it just as good as a U.S. person, they should get paid that little extra money. And most of the time, it's still less than the U.S. person would make. I mean, we're all people on this planet. It's really tough when you get people in that mindset that I should never pay a Filipino worker more than a dollar an hour. It's just something I don't buy. I don't believe in. And I mean, I offer both U.S. and non-U.S. options for every skill set. A lot of people can't expand their business without hiring cheaper outsourced workers. And a lot of times you, they'll start off with these outsourced workers and those same clients will come to me six months later and hire a U.S. person. And that U.S. person would never have gotten hired if that person hadn't have outsourced the work to begin with to help get their business to that next level. So it, a lot of people don't know all the facts and the details that go into it. <laughs> these Filipino workers are most of the time not living in riches. They're trying to provide for their family just like the U.S. workers are. Right. And a lot of times they have a tougher time times. And I mean, I've worked with so many Filipino workers. I get to know them as friends as well as business partners. And they go through a lot, a lot of stuff that you and I, I personally have never experienced. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a huge proponent of free markets so we don't have to get philosophical, but yeah, if I want the best workers, I need to pay the best wages. And one great way to do that is to say, Hey, if everyone else is paying two bucks an hour, guess what? I pay five. That's not disrupting the economy. That's attracting the best talent and treating them very well and getting their attention. Right. That's how free markets work. So I love it. Yeah. Pay them well. You know, why not? So tell me, let's get into some specifics as we start to wrap this up. There's a whole world of a whole new way of thinking that some people are just like, wow, I've never even thought of these things before. Where can they go to get some more information to read up on what you guys are about, maybe educate themselves a little bit? And you told me you wanted to make a special offer for our listeners today too, if they actually want to hire someone through your service. Definitely. So we have a free up blog where we talk about best hiring practices, managing people, building a company culture, which is something we didn't even get into, but it's something that I value a lot. We also have our online hiring mastermind group that we are constantly putting in tips and people are asking questions. It's a great place to be. And right on freeup.com, you can actually book a meeting in my calendar. I love talking to business owners. I love hearing about your needs, your past hiring experiences, and how we can help you. So um, there's a special offer. Anyone that mentions this podcast gets a dollar off their first worker forever. You can sign up to be a client of mine right on the website. It's free. There's no monthly fee. You get access to hundreds of the top talented e-commerce workers and online workers whenever you need them. I mean, we fill worker requests within hours because, or sometimes even minutes, depending on the time of the day, because we're not going out and recruiting after the fact. We have these people in our network and it's really a no brainer. I mean, even if you don't have an immediate need, you never know when you're in the crunch of busy season, crunch time and busy season, and you just need that extra bit of manpower. And a lot of times you don't have time to recruit on the spot. So I, I really appreciate you having me. And I hope a lot of people take advantage of that offer. Yeah, this was very informational. Very good stuff. And you said uh, a dollar off. That's a dollar off per hour for the life of that employee because your clients actually pay you and then you pay the workers and you help monitor the workflow situation. So you know, we don't need to go too deep into that. But you know, instead of paying your worker directly, they pay you. And I'm assuming the, you guys stay in business by keeping a percentage of that hourly wage. And you're saying if people mention this podcast, when they go to freeup.com with three E's, remember that, and it's in the show notes too, your first hire, you get them a 
dollar off per hour for life, whatever their rate is listed on the site, which is a cool deal. I appreciate that. But I think most of the value for this is just going to be in opening up people's minds to the possibilities here. It's a mindset shift that we all had at some point, and we're now on this side of the fence. You and I are on this side of the fence. We realize, man, there's some great quality individuals around the world that could be helping me grow my business, and they're not that hard to find. And it's just not that expensive when you do the math. It's just not that expensive to hire really good talent, pay them well in their local current, in their whatever their local uh, expectations are. You know, double it if you want to, especially with us in westernized nations. Man, it's, you can pick up incredible talent for 10 bucks an hour, just incredible talent. Um, we actually had, Nathan, you like this. We had a guy who was a doctor in the Philippines, or he was studying to be one at least. And uh, I think he actually had a job at a hospital and he was frustrated in it, didn't feel like that's what he was called to. And for $7 an hour, he tearfully accepted a full-time position from us that we had for a few years. And just and he's doing great now as far as I know. But that was all it took. And this has been it's been over a decade ago. But that beat in his mind, he was able to better provide for his family than actually working at a hospital. I think he was an intern at the time studying to be a doctor. Seven bucks an hour. And he was, he completely changed his career course. So I think sometimes we lose sight of how global this economy has become and, and some of the incredible people that are out there. And you know, the thing I love about this too is all literally every Filipino I've ever met. And that's, we talk about the Philippines a lot. There's a lot of advantages there over, say, India, for example, and Russia. We could go into some of that, but I don't want to right now. But Filipinos are just, they're very pro American. They're very grateful. They have a great work ethic in general. And they just love working for an American based company specifically. And you ask them, hey, how do you feel about Filipinos being hired to work for American companies? Like you ask, Literally any Filipino I've ever asked, I'm very blunt and comfortable asking that question. Like, what do you think of this? Like, you know, when we pay seven or nine dollars an hour for someone that would cost us twenty-five or thirty in the US, how do you feel about that? In some cases I've had them actually cry in gratitude and just say it's it means so much. You have no idea. It means so much because those opportunities literally do not exist. So pay them as much as you want, but just know this. Finding a good job in the Philippines is really, really hard. But I love how the free market is leveling this out. This is boosting the Filipino economy, and it's a great people to support. So, And I love how involved you guys are in the Philippines. Do you ever make any trips down there, by the way? Sure. So right now, we bill over 4,000 hours a week at FreeUp. The second we hit 5,000, Connor, my business partner, and I um, are heading to the Philippines to celebrate with my internal team. Oh, that's awesome. How big is your team? I have a 20-person internal team, both U.S. and non-U.S. people. Very cool. You're not the center of the spoke on this wheel, right? I mean, I'm sure you've got managers in place managing some of those people, correct? I have an internal team and then I have an internal, internal team. The internal team, my internal team is the one managing the outside people. So I have a bookkeeper, very similar situation that you mentioned with the doctor. Um, he's a certified accountant in the Philippines. He's incredible. One of my best hires and head of HR and they all have assistants. So I'm dealing with the main team and they really send the message out and are responsible for their own team members. Man, this is beautiful. So you can know, work from home and have this entire virtual organization out there caring about your business as much as you do, doing great work. And in some cases, many cases, like with my team of 100, I've only met maybe half of them, you know, and I hope to get to meet them all someday. But it's just the world we live in now. It's incredible. Well, hey, 
thank you so much, Nathan. This was really informational. It was kind of like a surface level. You know, I think we went about, you know, a foot deep into something that you could talk about. We could talk about for hours, but just knowing that it's out there and being aware that there's good people like you out there that are able to help you through the process, I think is good for the listener. I'll have to have you back again sometime. Maybe talk about this a little bit more, man. What do you think? I'm down. You let All me right. know when. Sounds great, man. Hopefully you can make it to our event in Orlando, which would be awesome. CES in uh, September, 2017. We'd love to have you or some folks from your team come down and join us for that. But hey, listener, thanks for investing some of your time today. This was fun for me, educational. Hope you picked up some good stuff. We love doing this, putting those good ideas out there for you. We love every listener and appreciate every listener. Hey, if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, we definitely appreciate that. That will be your form of payment to us if you're getting value from this show, okay? God bless you. Can't wait to do this again. Thanks for joining us on Silent Sales Machine Radio. 